Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here today for another episode of TTRPG Crowdfunding Review. This is a show where each of our co-hosts bring on three different currently crowdfunding campaigns related to the gaming space. We talk about them while we think they might be of interest to you. Sometimes we find hidden gems that you may have missed. Other times we find the thing that everyone else seems to be backing. We will have to see how things go today. Uh, my co-hosts, as usual, are Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi, and good morning. And then Ellen. Ellen, say hello to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm excited to get to things. We're a little bit earlier than usual. We've been playing around a little bit with the time to see what works best for everyone. Also, just different ske- streaming schedules. Uh, all these also come out audio only in the future. Um, and again, if there's any stream issues, if anyone is watching, because we actually have a few people that are watching, uh, let us know, uh, because I think we're good, but we, sh- we shall see. And then Ellen, if you can monitor chat again, I I don't have the ability to have that many windows up. Unfortunately, I am working on that. Though. I got a, I got some technology upgrades in the works too. So currently I have my own Kickstarter page posted. That's where we start each time. Uh, my Kickstarter goes live in just two more days. Monday, yep, Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern time. So like literally 47 and 40 hours and 45 minutes from now, my Kickstarter will be live. I hope people will come check it out. Uh, but with that self-plug out of the way, we're going to jump into the show. I'm going to start things off and I'm going to talk about Alice is Missing, the Silent Falls expansion. So this is on Kickstarter. This is uh, an expansion to an award-winning RPG. Have either of you played Alice is Missing before? I have not. I have not. Okay, that kind of surprises me, honestly, more so Ellen than Larry. I feel like that, well, this is right in your wheelhouse. Uh, but maybe not. I don't know. But I played it one time. It was a very intense and very enjoyable experience. But I don't know that I ever really want to play it again. I almost feel like it would lessen the experience to experience it a second time. I don't know. Uh, but basically, it's an RPG that you play entirely over your phone or device where you basically are texting. So all the characters play members of a small community and a, a high school junior named Alice has gone missing. And, you know, there's a randomization as to like, you might be the boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend or the sibling or the, I think there might even be teachers. I don't know if they're all kids or not, but basically you're just texting each other. You're just like, Hey, have you seen Alice? Like, no, actually I haven't. And, you know, each character is given some prompts to kind of like what you do know, what you suspect. And so the entire RPG experience plays out over your phone. So you can either be around a table texting or the time I did it, we were all virtual. So we really were, you know, not around each other. And it can be very intense. And, you know, there's mechanics in the game to, to like every 10 minutes or so, there's like a new card is revealed that prompts you and it may reflect to something that's already been established with your character. Uh, there are times when Alice is found safe and sound and there are times when Alice is not found or not found safe and sound. So it can be a very intense experience. Um, it, again, it was multi-award multi winning the year it came out. It's currently in production to become a movie based off of the RPG. And this is the first expansion where it adds in some additional roll cards, some additional prompt cards. I think it even has a different ending that it's added to it. Uh, so if you are interested in, and Alice is missing, this is a no-brainer to pick it up. So uh, this is by Hunter Books, which I don't think that's actually who created originally. I I think if I'm right, uh, they are now partnering with the the designer for this. Uh, So the pledge levels, $10 gets you the PDF, $20 gets you a physical copy. Uh, There's also $20 digital, which is like VTT um, accessibility options. Uh, There's $40, which gets you everything. And I think they have a Ellen level, I'm sorry, collector's edition (sighs) level, uh, for $250. And it's all the things. And it has all these like tokens and keepsakes and notes. And there's a lot of these like prompt props that you can use for the game, that kind of thing. Uh, Actual letters, all kinds of stuff. So I don't know that I need that, but I definitely thought of Ellen when I saw it. It's funny that you say that because I was literally looking at that doing mental math. Like, oh, do I need this? Because like, as I was, <laughs> as you've been talking about this game and I've been looking through the page, I'm like, oh shit, I really want to play this. <laughs> yeah, I, again, it surprises me that you haven't. Like, I was just like, oh, definitely this is something Ellen has played. Uh, so I think, I mean, I encourage anyone to play it. I, like I said, I really enjoyed the time I played it. It was just, it was very intense and kind of emotional and, I just think doing it again might lessen the experience. I don't, again, I don't know, but uh, that was my inclination. 
It's super well-funded. It's already over like 136,000. Its original goal was 10,000. Uh, it's got 16 days to go as of recording, probably 15 by the time you listen to this, if you listen to it when it comes out audio only. The pledge, excuse me, the uh, digital versions, I think, are supposed to come out pretty quickly. Yeah, March of this year. So basically next month, if you get the digital stuff, uh, physical is next year. So this does involve cards. It's not just a book. I think the whole thing is card based. Um, so all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, it's a very cool game. Uh, this is, I believe, the first expansion for it. I imagine there will be more or there'll be like maybe some sort of like offshoot of it or type of thing. Maybe Brad will be missing next time. I don't know. All right. I think that's it for me. Unless either of you have anything else about this one you want to chat about. I had heard good things about it and that, you know, mainly it was, uh, seems like I thought the pitch was that you played it over your phone only. So it was through text. You weren't even supposed to make phone calls. Is that how you guys did about yeah, it? Yeah, it's text only. I just thought like you could do like, I, I have like, I message on my Mac. So technically I could be on my laptop doing it, but yeah, it's all text-based over messengers systems type of a thing. My comment is how dare you first out <laughs> of the gate, bring me something that has the $250 pledge level that I need to get. And you're about to move. I'm about to move, Michael. <laughs> but the thing is, if you order it here, you won't get it till next year. You'll have already moved by then. You don't have to move it. So it's almost like perfect timing. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got Kickstarter later. You can use imaginary money, maybe. <sighs> All right. So we're going to move on. I think, Larry, I have you set up for number two this week. Uh, is your first one Miro or Miru? Yes, it is right. the it, this is the theme this week must be either follow-ups or continuations of things. This one is on Kickstarter for Miru 2. Uh it's an analog horror game that is a follow-up to last year's Miru. And this one a terrifying god hunts you down in a nightmare hex crawl solo first adventure game. So, uh if you played through Miru 1, this is a continuation of that. It li- Literally picks up, I think, the day after you finish your first adventure through Mira, which, again, is similar. It's a hex-crawling solo game. And in that one, you play in the future, and um, this is meant to be a follow-up to that. It's designed that way, but it is playable as a standalone game by itself. It's very, it very specifically mentions that, but to get the most out of this one, should have experience uh, with Miro 2 since the story follows it and the mechanics are very similar. The way you play the game is, is set up the same. It's just that they've added and expanded things. So this is, again, a follow-up to the first Miro. This is a solo first game where everything is set up with you basing uh, your... You've got a map where you start out and it is essentially blank and you you go and explore this hex style and it's got mechanics in it for um, randomly generating the weather, the conditions, the type of uh, geography you're going to be experiencing along with different types of encounters on this one. So in this one also expands. It's a little, it's a zine format, an A5 um, for this, a 54 pages, which I think the first one was in the 20s. So this is roughly twice as, as full of stuff. So you've got all the map making tools in here. Um, and there's also a digital soundtrack available that they have designed and, and to put with this. So you've got some music to go with this if you're interested in that level, which is available uh, digitally. And they're also doing a physical Sony mini disc version of this if you're into that or even if you just want the relic you know the actual piece there so that's available but this one's got puzzles uh horrible character death um uh, all sorts of you're since you're going solo there's themes of existentialism and abandonment put into this along with uh, a lot more detail as far as how the weather goes and what it affects um so what grabbed me on this one was I did get the first Miru. I've read through it, but I haven't actually played it to see how it turned out. But assuming you do go ahead and if you've went through that one, uh, you're supposed to end either, of course, in your death or the goal is to kill the god over your area because it's a revenge for one of for your brother being killed by one of the robots that takes care of you and your people so if you did go through that uh, and you the end game was to go ahead and get rid of that god because uh, again your brother was needlessly killed by a robot that went 
rogue. So you seek out revenge in that first one. And this one begins after that. So you've succeeded. Unfortunately, all of the robots and everything in the area that were controlled by that god, uh, essentially computer, they quit working. So the reason they were there is to produce food and uh, do all sorts of services for the people. So you have got to strike out here because you've essentially... You know, your people have forgotten. This is supposed to be, I think, a, a hundred, several a hundred years in the future, and so over time, people have kind of forgotten how to take care of themselves because they've had these robots doing everything for them. So you're going to strike out on your own, and your people are going to have to leave the area because they don't know how to take care of themselves. So you've got to seek out other places. So that's where the hex crawl comes forward because you've lived here your entire life. So you're going to go ahead and set out on another exploration. So you've got a whole brand new uh, map to go checking out. And that's where uh, the um, exploring the map comes through with different terrain and everything. And again, it's randomly generated as you're playing through it. So if you play through several times, it's going to be different, a different game, but, um, it's they've got some uh actual plays on here you can look and see how it's played um and then when you take a look down you're able to grab if you wish go ahead and get the original miru in digital or physical as an add-on with this or um, pledge levels also include both miros um, that comes with if you want to get the kit it's got dice and tokens to place on your map to help keep track of things uh there is the mini disc soundtrack that's available, um, also the digital version of that. So you can take a look down through here. There's a breakdown of rewards to pretty much any any collection that you want to put together. They're going to have a, a reward level for, but it is uh, $5 to get in with just the digital PDF, and then you print that out at home. If you want to get the digital and physical zine, it's 15 for that. Um, and then it, it goes up as you add in other things. But uh, you can listen to a sample of the uh, digital soundtrack down here. And they are producing um, a limited amount of physical Sony mini discs for this. So, wow. And it's it's golden too. So it's, it's neat looking. But I do not have a player. Um, so uh, let's see. We're going to go ahead and have the expectation is delivery of April for the PDF. So that's really soon uh, in May for the other things to have it uh, shipped out. So the production of it, it's been done. They're trying to get the money together to to cover the production and it's going to be shipped out and everything so the project itself is um i believe it's been fully written and ready to go uh so you're not going to have to wait long much for the digital um they do make a mention down here that all of the art and all of the writing uh is done by f- people so that none of this is uh, ai generated or anything like that so you're paying to have these folks uh, make everything so this is through Mimic Publishing Collective. This is their third one that they've done through Kickstarter, and they've backed uh, 25 on here. Currently, it's sitting around $12,000, so it's well past uh, funding of a $1,000 goal. 12 days to go, so the 10th of March is when this one will finish up. And again, this is a, a second, not a second edition, I'm sorry. It's a continuation from the first Miru game. Excellent. Yeah, I- wasn't familiar with the first one, but that does sound very cool. Okay, hold on. I brought the first one to this very Did you? show. Yes. I don't. Okay, so I haven't played it. Is what I should say. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. have a. I don't have an experience with. Yeah, that's that's fine. I'm just. That, I'm just. You know. That could have been one of our lost episodes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I lost it out my brain. Oh. Um. I I brought this uh one to the like uh. Re- recap review show we did at the end of last year oh. as well too um because i just i i haven't gotten to get very deep into it yet just due to time constraints in life but um it the stuff the book everything that came with it the box that came in like um it's just very cool and yes. i like the design and i like everything about it and i'm very excited for this one um so Already, already pledged, you know. And I don't have a mini disc player, but am I getting that mini disc? Do you know the answer? The answer is yes. The answer It'll is make yes. a great coaster, right? Exactly, yeah. Or like home defense, like, you know. Like Ninja Star. That's right. Awesome. All right. So, Ellen, your first one this week. My first one is called Four Kingdoms, a storytelling and map drawing TTRPG scene. 
And uh, I, I saw this on Twitter first, I believe. Um, it is by Tanuki Games, um, who are based in Japan. And essentially, you are um, developing a new world. And it's GMless, and it's a drawing and storytelling roleplay experience. And so I, I draw maps. I do a lot of solo RPGs. I was like, oh, okay, this is right up my alley. But th- this doesn't have to be solo. This um, can be done with other other friends. Uh, the art style is really cool as well. That is just my little plug for the one of the things that I enjoy always is art. Um, so you the interesting thing is like setup is actually part of the game. So you um, don't have a lot of rules that you have to um, digest before you get started or make character sheets or write backstories or stuff. You just follow the um, introductory prompts um, with a brief prologue and then you start building the world together. Um, So there are, uh, it talks about how the initial prompts um, form the foundation of your world. You discuss the type of game you want to play and the story you want to tell with like, in terms of genre elements or leaving it open for just kind of mix and match. So there's five pages of guided prompts uh, to help you found your kingdoms and the dreams of the people who live there, the rulers who live there and the relationships between the kingdoms and the mystery at the heart of the world. So it's just, that's it, a very um, charming uh, conceit for this. Um, and then you have the ability to kind of go anywhere you want with, uh, you know, the, people you are at the table with and the bounds of your own imagination and so I always love a drawing game and um, they have some examples of the worlds people have drawn um, on the Kickstarter page and it's just I love that sort of thing where um, and I know a lot of people get scared away from games where you have to draw because some people are like I can't draw and it's like well guess what you don't need to be able to be, like, an amazing, like, award-winning artist to have fun. Um, if you have ever had fun with Pictionary before, I think you could have fun with this game. So, yes. Um, the rewards are a PDF a copy of the game, the zine copy of the game, plus the PDF, or um, the zine copy, the PDF, and you get to play with the creators, which is really cool. Um and the only reason I did not select that level is because my schedule is insane. So I was like, I don't know if I would have the time like to um, sync up with them, especially because they are, uh, and it's it ships to only certain countries. So I'm not sure if that is like, and that is the only one that uh, Pledge Shear that says that. Oh no, the the physical also says that. So um, I was going to say I don't know if that makes a difference in terms of like being able to virtually attend a table with the designers but um i also have not read very far into the page because uh my reading comprehension is very poor (laughs) um speaking of my reading comprehension being very poor this one ends in 62 hours which is much shorter than we like to go for this Mm. show so um uh yes famous fact about me is that i cannot i simply cannot read but um it is fully funded um it will end on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, the uh, pledge levels start at uh, about $1 US uh, for just fun support. $6 US for um, a PDF copy of the game. I believe it's $10 US for uh, the zine and the PDF. And then uh, about $37 US for being able to play online with the designers. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's very reasonable. Yeah, very reasonable. Especially considering, like, I don't think shipping was included in here, so you'd have to add shipping to the eventual cost, but, um, it's also a very small zine, so I don't think shipping's going to break the bank necessarily. Probably, yeah, if it's just a booklet, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's a 38-page booklet, so I don't think that's going to be too bad. It's not going to break the bank. Yes, so this is part of Zine Quest. There are a lot of those going on right mm-hmm. now as I was looking through. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I looked all the places this week Game Found, Game on Tabletop, Backer Kit, Indigo. I didn't find anything on any of them. So all mine are from Kickstarter this week, which had a lot. 
Uh, but speaking of reading comprehension issues and things that are ending very quickly, my next one is this also ending in 62 hours. I also did not realize that until I had already picked it. Last night I was going through and updating, make sure all my numbers were updated. And I was like, oh, wait, this ends really soon. But I didn't have time or the inclination to look for another one. So we are going with what on <laughs> earth are you talking about? Which is a small party game for humans and one giant intergalactic research mission for aliens. So this is basically, it's a, it's a word social game where uh, you divide into teams and one team is the aliens and they have to describe something using some specific rules and the other team has to try to figure out what on earth they're talking about. So if you are the alien, if, I don't know if you can see on the image here, there's some cards and it's got like letters, like E-V-O-M-P-T-H, like the, when you're doing the eye test at the doctor. See, I think there's some better examples. So like right here. All right. So the thing that you might be needing to talk about is climate change. But you are given these letters, O-C-Q-Y-S-R-T-Y-N, and then it goes on. And the only thing you can say are words that begin with each letter. So the first thing you have to say begins with O. The second word has to begin with C. The third word has to begin with Q. Uh, so the example here is ocean coming quickly. You should relish these years. No bears worldwide as a way to maybe solve that equation. So it's basically a social uh, word game, guessing game, but you have these limitations on what you can say to make it a little bit more difficult and fun. And that seemed like a fun thing to me because I like games like that. So What on Earth is created by Michael Wilkinson. It is their second campaign. I did look at uh, their previous one. Uh, It was a card game. It was delivered a little bit late, but it was delivered, which obviously is important. Uh, this one also, again, ends in just a couple days. Uh, it's based out of Australia, so uh, looking at the conversion rates, it is already funded almost a little over 16000 U.S. on a pledge or goal of a little less than 7000 uh, So looking at the pledge levels, basically you can get a copy of the game for about 33 U.S. I believe shipping is extra. Uh, there's some uh, other levels that include some stretch goals that they may hit. Uh, they say that it's four to ten up plus players. Basically, it's a party game, so you could play with a hundred people if you really wanted to. Twenty to forty minutes to play. They do suggest age seventeen and up. I think there are some um, risque topics that maybe some of the cards uh, get to. In fact, there's actually I think there's an expansion built in that is specifically some not safe for work or not safe for aliens versions uh, that are even more specifically dirty or vulgar or you know getting risque uh it's got some reviews from some of the big players like the dice tower and that kind of thing so it's definitely got some uh, credibility with it people seem to be enjoying it so if that's something that you think would be fun you've got roughly 62 hours to go back it anything from you too if not we'll move on to larry's second that one seems like that would be really keep you on your toes as far as i guess improv and sentence structure building a word with just a first letter q yeah, for sure. That's definitely like that's I'm not sure how effective this game would be at a party that involves a lot of alcohol. Mm. But um, <laughs> it certainly seems very fun. And I just want to say that I really like their timeline graphic that um, has the planets and it's when will I get my game? And it says you are here and it's a little <laughs> it's a little um, UFO above Earth. So that's I think that's very cute. Like they were very deliberate in their theming for this Mm -hmm. and so they seem like they've put in a lot of thought all right so larry that is your second one now yes uh this one is on kickstarter it's called if i were a lich man and these are three jewish games by lucian khan so this is a trilogy of funny jewish role-playing games about creative resistance against authoritarianism um each one of these three different games um are themed to be I guess 100% really drenched in the history and everything of from the Jewish perspective, but it, it's very welcoming and makes several points about anybody can play this and pick this up. So don't don't be you know turned off or afraid of it if you know you didn't go to Hebrew school. These are uh, three different games that make up this this Kickstarter here. Uh, if I were a lich man was actually produced and won. Um, the Indie Groundbreaker Award in 2020. So 
these games are coming from previous ideas, and these are uh, just at this point in a much more finished uh, production level. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hit Point Press, uh, who's got 13 uh, other Kickstarters that they've done and backed over 100 here, is the one behind this one doing this, doing these games here. Uh, it's fully funded. It was uh, on a goal of uh, 5000 It's up to 47000 at this point with 11 days to go. So this one runs through March 9th. And again, three separate games make up this Kickstarter here. So uh, every one of them comes at the subject that it's dealing with in some sort of humorous way. So it's got, uh, if I were a lich man is got four different liches and these are all brothers who decided to become liches. Uh, So that's your sort of background for starting this out. And they're going to debate strategies for survival against murderous lawful good paladins. So essentially you're sort of being the bad guys here and you're going to uh, go uh, with your other brothers. And this is a, almost like a LARP here where it's setting you up and this is a conversation type game where you're going to have cues based on which of the Lich brothers you're going to play as. Uh, It gives you tips for running their personality and they also have quirks that you need to uh, work with as you're going to debate against your, your brothers. Like one of the Liches can't ask any questions. He can only answer questions Mm. so depending on which one of those you want to uh to to play as that's how that would have set up and it is a four player or maximum four player game unless you want to create your own lich brothers for this there's also a level that you can back and get a a wooden dreidel that is specifically detailed to represent each of the four brothers um so on this one there's also some debate on phylacteries and such so this one here i thought was uh, kind of like what you had mentioned earlier about a a party game where you're just sort of doing a social discourse here to play through this but again this one won for most innovative game of 2020 um the second game that's part of this one is called same bat time same bat mitzvah and uh, this one was from initially i found it i think around 2018 is where it was a 200 word rpg finalist so this one has been fleshed out into um, much more of an actual game with a lot more mechanics and stuff this is a larger game made for or designed for seven to 13 people more of a party type game still with a playing time of about an hour on this one uh, this one is supposed to be less structured and more goofy than the uh, previous one, which is more of a debate style uh, thing. But on this one, you're heading to Ruthie's Bat Mitzvah, and somebody was bitten by a vampire bat, and they're transforming toward into a vampire during the formal reception. So you can play as the, the guest of honor, Ruthie, or one of her guests in here, and they give you cue cards on playing the characters and also what to do and how to go about if you've got blood, uh, if you draw a, a blood, then you're one of the people that has bitten and you will, it will affect your gameplay as, as it goes on. But again, this one is for a much larger crowd, 7 to 13 people here. Um, and again, this is more of a like a party style game where you're not going to be sitting down you know, rolling dice and, and taking character turns per se. Uh, The third one is called Grandma's Drinking Song, and this one was based off of an idea from a couple years ago as well. So again, these are all fleshed out from from older things, or more finalized and finished versions. This one is designed to go for four players and run from two to three hours. Um, They describe this as a melodramatic musical comedy. So uh, these are all set up for friendly game nights or family-type play. Um, this one is a singing game about a matriarchal Jewish family of bootleggers during Prohibition. And this apparently goes back through his family history where he does come from uh, uh, great-grandparents or something were actual bootleggers. So this one is drawn from his past. But this one is one where you go through and you've got sort of a skeleton here of a song. And you go through and finish up, fill in some blanks to... Uh, end up having a drinking song that you will all sing together uh, once gameplay is, is completed. So in that one, they give you a series of cards that describe scenes and where it at, where it's at and who is there. And you take turns playing through these scenes. So um, again, more of these uh, party type games, everyone's invited to play this regardless of your cultural or religious background. 
Uh, everything is aimed towards improv and collaboration. So these I thought would be fun games. Uh, they seemed pretty uh, bare bones as far as the rules go. So if you've got friends that like to role play, this might be something you want to pull out um, and enjoy. Excuse me, enjoy here. Uh, again, they've hit uh, their. Um, let's see, fifty thousand is a stretch goal on this one. They haven't quite hit that one yet, and it is where they're going to put together a grant that you can uh, people uh, gamers can apply for if you are going to be doing some sort of design. If they hit fifty thousand in the next eleven days, they're going to put money towards uh, having that. So that's one of, uh, I thought was a nice goal there to help the community out. Um, entry on this one here for $20 will get you their deluxe PDF. There is a $12 level, but that is for a community copy. So I don't know, uh, you know, that's, you know, more affordable, certainly if uh, you're in a position to want to grab one of those, it is available. Um, then you can spend more money and get a box set. You can get the, the little wooden dreidels. You can get all the cards pre-printed. Um, you know, assuming that you want to go ahead and have that already instead of printing it out on yourself. And that's the box set at $40. Um, so take a look at this one if you're into those uh, types of gathering games. Uh, hopefully, you know, it hits that 50000 and they open up that Luminary Grant. Looking to deliver this one in April of 2023 for the PDF and October for the physical stuff. Yeah, they're less than 3000 Less than 2,500 away with 11 days to go. I would assume they're going to hit that 50,000. I hope so. Yep. All right. Very cool. Anything on this one, Ellen? If not, we can move on. Um, you know me. I love Hit Point Press. Was very excited about this uh, to see this on here. So very cool. Awesome. All right. That brings us to your second one this week. Uh, my second one this week is called Terminus, a tarot-powered ritual RPG. Um. Uh, I, as soon as I saw the art and I saw the word tarot involved, I was like, oh, cool. Because I am a person who has um, more than a few uh, tarot decks sitting around that I don't use very often. Um, but what I love using them for especially is um, character building or world building stuff. So this was both of those things in one game. Um, and it is also a game that encourages you to not just necessarily play at your um, couch and coffee table or kitchen table or whatever, but go outside and use the uh, combination of the cards and the prompts and your location around you to uh, play the game. So that's very cool. Um, it is a game for one or two players. Um, they say that, and I don't know if this is continuing the theme of reading comprehension. I don't know if that is simply just me not reading <laughs> where two players come into this. I don't know if it's one where you can like trade back and forth. Sometimes journaling games are like that. But um, I didn't see in the Kickstarter page where two players come into it. It mostly describes the one player experience. So, mm. um, But um, there are a bunch of uh, uh, things that can happen uh, based on what cards you draw. And so those are the kinds of games that I very much enjoy because there's an inherent... Um, meaning to the cards. Um, and there is also like an inherent like interpretation style with this book and game. But the um, combination of randomly drawing and the location where you are will make what your experience different every time. So that's the kind of thing that's very cool to me. Uh, the art's really neat. Um, the creator is uh, Jonathan Boyle and... Um, he and the rest of the team who are listed um, on the page, um, Bree Dadanen, um, Emily Entner, and Mark Shepard, um, are, uh, have done other things um, and are very active on Twitter, etc. Um, but this is their first uh, collectively on Kickstarter that they are working together on. But he is back 32. Um, and so it's very familiar with the process. Um, the pledge levels, uh, $5, you get a PDF copy. Um, $15, you get the book plus the PDF. Um, the Ellen, uh, <laughs> level is $35 where you get the print copy, the PDF and the, uh, prints, uh, the art prints of the fool, the devil and the hanged man art 
uh, from the book um, as uh, three by, or nope, well, yes, three five by seven prints, uh, art prints that you get. And then there is like uh, a pledge level that is no longer available um, where you could have gotten custom art um, for $125, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, if you get a signed five by seven print of your custom art, that's a pretty good deal for $125 personally. But, um, anyway, um, uh, seems like a very cool game stylistically and, um, it seems like a, a good one. And you know me, I love a solo, solo game. So. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I, I do really like the art. I've, I've played around with tarot just a little bit. I actually had like a professional read me once like a fair. It was of fun, but I've never actually tried to read tarot myself. I think I have one. There was a Curse of the Crimson Throne Pathfinder, uh, uh, whatever these, uh, the word adventure path that you could have a tarot set that you. So I think I have that. I don't think I've ever touched it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it sounds fun. Be interested in trying it out. Uh, that brings me, well, that's something happened with Kickstarter, to my third one this week, and it is Psychic Kids. The RPG of Psychic Kids, Kids on the Run from Danger. So this is from Wet Ink Games. And this is actually, the I think, the first one we've got to that's not already funded. It's at $7,600 on a goal of 12000 So it's a little over halfway there. Uh, it's got 13 days to go. So it's about halfway through its funding uh, period. So it's probably got a good shot to getting there. Uh, this is very similar to like Kids on Bikes. I, don't, I think it's a different company, but sort of that same sort of setup but you're dealing specifically with psychic kids. So think 11 from Stranger Things or Charlie from um, Firestarter. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of others. Uh, But basically you play uh, young kids who are escaping the facility, which is um, uh, basically a a lab of some sort that does experiments on you and your friends. And your powers are sort of burgeoning. But one night they all sort of manifested together. So your entire group was able to use them collectively. And that's what allowed you to escape. And now you're on the run looking for safety, whatever that looks like for you and your friends. The thing that I thought was most interesting is the uh, the way your powers work. So there's a standard dice mechanic for doing things. You want to ride your bike, jump a pit, outrun the cops, whatever the case may be. But when you're trying to activate your psychic powers, you have a deck of cards and there is a level where you get a custom set of deck of cards, but you can use just regular poker cards. And you basically guess what the next card is. Like, I think the next card is a three of hearts. If you get the color of the card correct, then you manifest part of your power. If you get the suit correct, it's like more powerful. If you get the number correct, it's more powerful. And if you actually get it correct, then you basically fully activate your ability and you get narrative control. So for a short time, you could just narrate whatever you want. You, you gain control. And I thought that was a cool little mechanic. It's very themed and flavorful. So I like that quite a bit. Uh, this is from Wet Ink Games. They've created 11. They've backed none, but uh, they have had other successful Kickstarters in the past. They're you know a, a professional team. This isn't their first rodeo. I have a long list of the people who are part of this team. Apparently, it uses the plus one system, which I'm not familiar with, but it uses D6s. I think it's one of those where you're you're looking for fives or sixes, and you get more dice depending on how you're doing things, and you just look for, okay, I got three fives that time, so I I was successful there. So the pledge levels include uh, $10 for PDF, which will be delivered in June of this year, and then you have physical copies, also expect to be in June, for $20. There's an Awaken set. That's the $50 one that comes with the custom deck of cards and custom dice sets. And then any uh, digital stretch goals that are coming out. So it looks like basically the stretch goals are uh, adventures written by some of these uh, creative team members of theirs. So yeah, so if you like to play Psychic Kids or like to try to guess what what cards are coming up, this one could be for you. Uh, yeah, and this one ends in 13 days from recording. So that is March 11th. Anything on this one, Larry or Ellen? I've uh, got their, uh, I met them at Origins a couple years ago, and I got their, uh, the plus one system also is what they run um, only never going home on a World War One game, and it uses the cards and everything as well. Very nice stuff. But they're in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Do you know mm-hmm. these guys? I do not, but that's uh, not far at all from me. A couple hours. Yeah, um. You got me here. 
<laughs> I I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I looked into them and they were one of the um, groups that won an any for a, a game that they published last year. So um, yeah, I looked originally. I think they did. Uh, yeah, heckin' good doggos. Oh, they did do that too. Yeah, yeah that is theirs. Oh uh, uh, yeah, and. Jiangxi Blood in the Banquet Hall was one of the games that won an any last year, yep. I believe. So they have a they have a good pedigree there. So yep, yeah. I think I looked at their last one, and uh, everything appeared to be on time. Like everything, you know, or was it, there wasn't any red flags in in their previous ones? Mm-hmm. I saw. So again, they're a professional team. They know what they're doing. Uh, I'm also a little surprised this hasn't funded. Like I just feel like this, based on their previous success, I'm a little surprised that it's not. Well, it just went up. Was that you, Larry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're closer now. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little surprised that they are not there already. But I, again, with 13 days to go, these type of things are probably going to get a run the last couple of days. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to hit a lot of the stretch goals they had planned. But I, I would be very surprised if they don't at least hit minimum. And disappointed, too. All right, Larry, that brings us to your third this week, which was going to be one of mine, but you continue to beat me to the punch. This was oh. definitely one of the ones I was interested in. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I didn't do the research because I saw it was on your list. All right, so this one is being offered through BackerKit. This is still in a beta, but uh, it seems to be working. People are using it. Uh, as far as the crowdfunding platform goes, uh, BackerKit here. Uh, this one is Monster of the Week, and this is their Codex of Worlds. So they're adding in, uh, if you're familiar with Monster of the Week, the core book is um, powered by the apocalypse, monster hunting, monster of the week type of game uh, where it's, you know, you're supposed to be one of the good guys, right? And you're going out and defeating or helping uh, get rid of monsters or issues uh, that way. And this one here specifically gives you team playbooks, five new settings. Uh, this is a large book, uh, 400 plus pages. Um, they have hit several stretch goals, which has added in new, uh, some more playbooks, some more themed settings, uh, some more adventures. Uh, so this is done by uh, Evil Hat. This is going to be ending on March 14th. So you've got 17 days left, give or take. Uh, again, this is a, as of recording here on Sunday. Um, this one is their first backer kit. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. Normally they you know, do their other crowdfunding. Goal is 30000 They are at 158000 So they have well surpassed that and, again, crushed a lot. Uh, the majority of their stretch goals they have already met here. So uh, it was initially going to be a 416-page expansion for Monster of the Week. Uh, This is going to be a hardcover. They um, are also doing a reprint of the original Monster of the Week book, which is available through through their store if you want to pre-order it, or also available here uh, at pledge levels if you're interested in it. And this time it will be a hardcover edition instead of the, uh, the first run that was a soft cover. But... They give you a rundown on their different uh, team playbooks that they have added in. And the whole idea behind this is that mechanically and thematically, when you put your team together with these team playbooks, uh, they have, they're going to be able to set everything so that you sort of depend on each other more, uh, like a superhero team that, uh, uh, you know, works together. And that's their strength as opposed to just everybody making individual characters and then really only coming together during like the bonding section of character generation where you're just sort of figuring out, okay, I'm re- I know you because of this or whatever. These team playbooks set it up to where it's more cohesive. Uh, you're designing your characters and their abilities mechanically and everything are intertwined together to work more as a, as a team. Uh, so that's one of the differences and additions in this uh, expansion of, uh, for the game. They've also given you in here setting frameworks, and they've got five that were in the initial book, and I believe they've also unlocked another one. So they've got the Strange Old House, Gothic Century, which takes you back, uh, Dreaming with the Gods, and it's a, like a fantasy alternative renaissance area. Uh, monster marches, uh, fantasy world. This one seemed to strike me sort of like maybe The Witcher, where there are monster hunters, but you're outcast because people don't really trust you, but they also need you to defend them against the monsters. Uh, and then they've got one called Bone Spear, which takes you way back to the Stone Age. So that one especially sounded pretty cool. And again, they give you some more ideas on how to build your own settings if you want something customized here. 
Uh, so they add in more uh, more moves here, um, and things are taking a little bit more of a weirder turn. And again, this is all a building on everything from the core book. So you will need the uh, Monster of the Week book to to use this, since it's just an addition. But again, you can purchase their uh, a reprint of the core book, which they've added two two classes to it from uh, their uh, another expansion book. That Tome they of Mysteries. Out. Yeah, so they took two classes and added it into the core book. Um, I think there was 15 new pages or something like that they're adding in. But the Codex of Worlds here, uh, let's see, you can get a print-on-demand edition and the PDF for $20. Uh, the delivery date on this, September 2023. Um, if you do like your Monster of the Week and Monster, uh, then this is a wonderful addition to it. Uh, so much uh, is going to be added uh, for especially for your team production, putting things together. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, very cool. I, I've said before, I actually don't connect with Power by the Apocalypse nearly as much as one would expect. But my two favorite flavors I've ever played is Masks and Monster of the Week. I really, those are the two that, that do connect with me most because I probably have a connection to the source material. I love shows like Supernatural and Buffy and you know, Scooby-Doo and that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's definitely in my wheelhouse. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. And again, if you need to replace, you know, your old uh, soft cover torn up monster of the week, the uh, new hardcover is available too, but they have these bundles. If you'd play on roll 20, there's a bundle available for that too, to give you all sorts of uh, VTT usable items with that, uh, along with uh, the uh, codex of worlds. So it should be able to fill your uh, want here. If you, no matter how you play in person or over, over digitally. And there's a Mega Monster Bundle. <laughs> Mega. You know what? I have ne- I've played Monster of the Week, but I've never run Monster of the Week, so you can't get me this time. Ah, darn it. <laughs> well, I got you once already. Hope yeah, you, so. you really did. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And I think that brings us to your third this week. For my uh, third uh, campaign is An Honorable Place. It is a two-player, one-session narrative okay, uh, card game of symbol, survival, and myth. And uh, the thing that uh, got me clicking on it, uh, besides the like thumbnail art, which is cool, was the fact that it's inspired by A Quiet Year, which I've never gotten to play, but I've been very interested in. And um, also the fact that it says it's inspired by A Quiet Year and nuclear waste disposal. And I was yeah. like, interesting. And um, the reason for that is very thoughtful, but like, you know, uh, it's a very tongue-in-cheek uh way of describing that i think like that's a very odd thing to be inspired by um and eye-catching to put at the top of your blurb um but yes so um it is a two-player game and you are one person is chronicling the history of uh the commune and the other is telling the history of the order and these um the commune is a civilization that is crumbling in the wake of an apocalypse and the order is uh far far in the future um a nomadic group um trying to kind of figure out and share stories from the past so the idea is you are telling um an interconnected tale of the same kind of world and location and you um uh pull i don't know if it's yes you are pulling cards from a deck and you are drawing symbols um that represent your answer to uh, kind of create this like pictographic representation of the history of this location. And so it just seemed like, um, and they talk about how a shared language is created between the two timelines um, and you weave the histories together. And so it just seemed like a very thoughtful and interesting game. They do say that uh, it can be run for um, uh, one session of about, I think two to three hours or it can be um, drawn out over uh, multiple sessions if you so desire. And um, it just seemed very thoughtful and uh, contemplative as a game. And uh, also the illustrations involved are very cool. Um, This one is created by Ryan Vance. Um, This is his first created, but his first created on this account because it mentions in his little blurb that he has had um, other uh, games and publications published by different presses and such. Yeah. Um, so he has backed 11. Um, this one ends in 13 days. Uh, your pledge levels are uh, about $5 US 
gets you a PDF. And then about uh, $9 US gets you the PDF plus the uh, A5 printed rulebook. And so um, that's pretty simple. There are only three tier levels. And the first one is just, you know, the pledge $1 or whatever or more right. just to show support. So um, that's pretty simple. And as such, the funding so far has met its goal. But um, it's only is that less than $1,000 right now. And I think... It could definitely be higher for what is on offer here. And I think this is going to be me getting on my soapbox that we've talked about before. I think this is one where you could perhaps raise pledge levels. Um, mm. And that's always a tricky proposition. And I know we could get into the ins and outs of like Kickstarter management and such. But I think that's potentially a thing here. But they have met their goal. So that is yeah. important. That's the most important thing. I'm again... Quickly to make it about me, uh, I'm actually doing that right now. I had my set my pledge levels for months, and then just in like two weeks ago, we talked it over and we decided to change them. And now I'm just thinking about changing them back <laughs> to what they were. So uh, I have till Tuesday, uh, but yeah, right, right now. But I thought about late last night. I think I want to go back to what they were. So anyway, uh, so these are the nine. Uh, does anyone have any shout outs? I'm going to shout out mine, Action 12 Cinema. Please come support me Tuesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. It's a GMless game, zero prep, over-the-top movie action with lots of D12s. If that's, uh, if that's something you think you would enjoy, then please come help me out. Larry, any shout outs from you this week? Uh, I just saw one looking at Ellen's there at the bottom. They recommended one called uh, Psychic Trash Detectives, <laughs> and it's it's already funded, but it it runs for another uh, till March sixteenth, and it looks it's a diceless TRPG played with trash. So this one really caught my eye. But uh, no, please, uh, I think Ellen had another one she wanted to do, didn't you? Yeah, so just stuff. real quick. Um, the last one is, um, uh, this is the makeup one because the first one I had had like two days left. Uh, yeah. uh, this is the Infernal book and it is a uh, journal role playing game where it's about a descent into madness. But the interesting thing is you um, can send the book from, you can play it by yourself or you can like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants style, send the book <laughs> to your group of friends and have them also descend into madness and, like, read back the things that already happened in the history of the book and, like, kind of um, influence each other and, like, create this narrative together. And the fact that it is a physical tome that you are, like, a notebook that you are creating for this purpose just seems kind of, like, really cool. Um, so that's the very, very quick uh, summary of that. It has 19 days to go, so it is not ending in, like, five seconds. Right. So. That sounds like something you could do, like use that and then make a Call of Cthulhu game using that as a prop. Yeah, that would be really cool. But yeah, that one is also very cheap. The most expensive pledge level for that is uh, $11, and that is the Vanity Pledge, which is just an, a little extra support. So like, in gotcha. order to get the physical version, all you have to pledge is $8. So. All right, so that brings us to everyone's favorite part of the show. This is our Going Last Memorial Kickstarter event. Going Last, one of my favorite podcasts that sadly is pod faded, but I uh, still love you, Rich, Kenna. So what they would do is they would also cover Kickstarters. Uh, at that time, that's all it was. Now we have more options, but we're still going to keep the name. And basically, we brought nine campaigns to the table today. We're each going to pretend that we have all the imaginary money in the world. We can spend as much as we want on any one of these campaigns. But in doing so, we are forever locked from ever even interacting with the others. So if Larry picks Alice is Missing, I cannot play it with Larry if that's not the one that I choose. So, Larry, you have all the imaginary money in the world. Which of the nine are you going to pick start this week? Well, I'm going to jump into Roll20 and get the Mega Monster Bundle for 150 bucks, uh, and get my Monster of the Week game on going uh, online. I'm going to try that one out. That is a good, solid choice. All right, Ellen, you're usually the one that has the most fun <laughs> just trouble. You're the most fun to watch suffer I'm, through this. I'm struggling Squirm. right now as I'm thinking about it. Because the Alice is Missing collector's bundle is really really cool oh absolutely um so if i had if i had unlimited money like magical money to do this with i would they have an add-on that is just like um a hundred dollars and you get additional like keepsakes so like mm. on, in addition to the highest pledge level 
already having keepsakes, I would just keep throwing like keepsake dollars <laughs> to get as many like unique items about this as possible. But also, there's Mirror 2, which like I really like the first one, so I am conflicted. And I mm. think my choice is to steal your choice and to take um, two this week. <laughs> no, but if I really had to, if I really had to make the choice, I think I would go with. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'd go with Alice is missing and be really sad about it because I really want Miru too. So, but you still have Miro one. I you know, know but look what that. you've done to me. I know it's so much fun. Uh, so, you know, I definitely think the Alice is Missing would be fun. Uh, just, I, you know, all the keepsake stuff. But I'm really not that into those things. And I think a game that you're supposed to play over text, I don't know how well those things are going to really impact the play at the table. Uh, so for me, it is pretty much Monster of the Week, uh, just with, with a bullet, as it were. I would definitely go in at the all-in level. That might even encourage me to start playing more on VTT because I still just use Zoom and play theater of the mind uh but definitely i would get like a new copy of the older book i get the new book i get all the cool bells and whistles maybe even just get an extra copy to give away to my public library or something so that would be mine all righty so as always thank you both for joining me today i really appreciate it we do this every other week uh, on sunday the time fluctuates a little bit but it's usually in the morning 9 10 sometimes 11 a.m uh by the time we do this next time we will be well into my kickstarter it will not have ended yet but hopefully by then i'll either be very excited or very sad hopefully excited uh but where can people find you on the interwebs larry what are you up to if you have any projects you want to plug yourself sir uh, just uh, on Twitter at Mumfrey999, please. Uh, and you're, you're still in your Mumfrey's Musings podcast? I've been a player for the last month, so I haven't put out a new one in, in that period of time because I have usually just use it as GM reflection. And mm. so, no, I just, no, I have not. All right. And then Ellen, where can yeah. people find you on the interwebs? Uh, people can find me at Ellen underscore Delina, D-A-L-I-N-A on Twitter. Um... I think I the most recent thing I like retweeted was like about Apex Legends because that's when I have free time. That's what I'm doing. I'm playing something unrelated to TGRPGs, but the rest of my free time is devoted to Deadlands and ETU. So fair enough. Uh, I of course can be found at the RPG Academy. Everything I do can be found there. Kickstarter again goes live in just a couple of days. Uh, I did get my Gen Con press badge approved, so I will be going to Gen Con this year. So very excited about that. A Catacon, it's in November, but basically once the Action 12 Cinema Kickstarter is over, that's when I will move fully into a Catacon planning stages. We're we're doing some stuff behind the scenes, but there will be more announcements coming uh, after that. And then probably for me, the biggest gaming-related news is the faculty retreat. We do this at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, where a bunch of us get together and play games for a weekend. Uh, Early in the year, we usually do it in Grand Rapids, Rapids, Michigan. We got a whole bunch of people that are kind of in that area. We got a friend who works at a hotel. We get a really nice deal. Uh, So that is going to be March 9th, 10th, and 11th. So like a week after the Kickstarter starts, I'm going to go and hang out with my buds and play games. And I'm super, super excited for that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me right now. So we'll just sign off as we always do by saying, remember folks, if you're having fun, you're doing doing it right. right. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. 
Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.